we started. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Kitbag Conversations. This week, we're joined by Cody again and uh, a very, very special guest, the dirtiest of dingoes, Dingo. How are you? Hey, hey man. How you going? So for everybody, um, Dingo <laughs> is... That's <laughs> the guys are gonna laugh at it. The girls are gonna be like, "I bet he's super hot," but they don't know what I'm looking at. So it's a mirror. It's a mirror. That's how hot it is. No, um, hair hair combs to the same way. Mustache. Just, it's the bizarro Cody. The, the long nose. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking. Don't get about lazy. You got lazy. Just did copy and paste. Uh, good enough. One in Australia. One in the US. I'll do. Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> They'll never find each other. The internet, <laughs> like no. Oh man. So your your page is is mostly human, and I don't think anybody understands that human is basically just talking to people, getting them to talk about stuff, and tell you dirty little secrets. But you have to be an analyst, one smart, and two, you have to be able to talk to people, and those two things don't fucking go together. So explain how somebody who is interested in intelligence and bringing this into your life, how do they come out of their mother's house and talk to people? <laughs> to uh, well, like to add on to that for like the, the listeners, like intelligence analysts are usually socially retarded and don't know how to talk <laughs> to people. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, how do you get this guy to be a uh, human to get someone to tell him his dirty little secrets when he doesn't even know how to talk to a girl who's drunk? You're like, all right, come on. Like, <laughs> well, well, like, so human is like the oldest form. Like, it's one of the oldest professions besides like prostitution. Like, as soon as people like could bang, they were banging. As soon as people could talk and like get that leverage over someone else, they started doing that. Um, so yeah, human is a funny one because. You have to be really good at talking, getting people to like you, build that rapport, which a lot of people can't do naturally. And um, and I'm just a big shit talker from way back. So I had no trouble making friends. But uh, I was, <laughs> but on the flip side, I, uh, I was a combat core dude and then I was injured a few times. So I went to an intelligence analyst, like a change like MOS in your equivalent, and um, became an analyst. And I was an analyst for a year. And I was like the worst fucking analyst. I was like, what does this mean? Like, I was just like, I was flipping out. And I think I only passed the course because I had that comic core experience. So I knew like, oh, this, this, this is what a choke point. This is where I would lay an ID and that helped dudes plan operations, right? So then, I was, you know, one of my friends, uh, he was a human dude, he's like, hey man, this is, this is a way cooler job. Like, do you want to wear, do you, wear, do you not want to wear a uniform? Do you want to go out for coffee and just talk shit? He was like, yeah, it sounds like a really great job. And then I applied for the course and got the course. But, um, you know, military, human, uh, you know, strategic level, human, like, all have different sort of uh, approaches and sort of, like, stuff they want to answer. So, you know, their, their RFIs that they receive are different. So, like, in my sense, in the military perspective, it was probably mostly, like, tactical and, and operational human intelligence. Like, where's the bomb? Who's this dude? Where does he live? Kind of stuff, as opposed to, like, uh, this is how the government thinks about Australia sort of stuff and um and then then I was a human instructor for a bit as well and I failed so many people because like you know we have a, we have a scenario where like someone's crying and like oh that that is really bad kind of reminded me of like that that meme where it's like oh it's so sad your boyfriend uh what are you doing this Friday <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 you know to be honest like 
in Australia, we, we, we open it up. It's not just intelligence core people. Like anyone can apply and do it in the military or services. So you get that, that big, wide um, pool of people that, that apply sort of thing. Does it make uh, sense? I'm just talking no, shit. No, dude, it makes better sense. <laughs> it's the same thing here. <laughs> no, it's, it's the same, the same thing here. It's the, uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, same thing on our guys. You go to explain them. Yeah, for, the for the Marines. So you can't enlist straight into the Marine Corps to be a human, sir. You have to be at least an E5 or a sergeant. Mm. And so at that point, but they open the pool for everybody. Where it's like you could be an intelligence analyst, you could be a grunt, or you could be an avionics mechanic. You could just go yeah. into human intelligence. But that's what they like is you got this wide pool of people who go through that rigorous selection process and they get into humans and they go, I think it's like nine months or something, but like once they get into the Marine Corps, they're like, you're good. Like you're set forever. You never wear camis again. You're set. But yeah, it's a, uh, it definitely makes sense to like have that wide pool. It's like, yeah, I mean, we're just not going to take anybody to go talk to a drunk girl at a bar. We're just going to have the guys who actually know what they're doing. We're going to have the guys with the reads. <laughs> Not the army, bro. Dude, not the army. They, they take them fresh off the street, like, oh, you want to be a human or go in there? And then you're like dealing with a kid who like tucks his shirt into his underwear and is like, I'm gonna talk to terrorist networks. You're like, yeah. Yeah, dude, you can't even talk to a, like a, another human being, and it, it'll make you so fucking because like the marines and you guys sound like you have higher quality personnel we don't it's just like we're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks. So like not to like tell the same story a hundred times but when like i met matt i'm like holy shit it's an intel analyst that doesn't just breathe through his mouth like if you wanted to kill half of the u.s army intelligence personnel just be like all right breathe through your nose and your nose only like half of them would seriously though oh man and so like it, that's that's another thing is like you guys don't have as many people in your military. I don't no. Know. No, that was pretty small, pretty modest in comparison. And then, like, thinking about our capability is even smaller again. And that's why I'm like, I don't want to divulge too much because you can easily tie back. Hey, that's, that's that piece of shit that did that. I know that guy. <laughs> like, he's an asshole. Well, that's the guy, you know, like, that guy's so fucking hot. Whatever, whatever they think of me, probably not the latter, but it's a really small community. And, think, and then there's a lot of burnout as well because especially when like Afghan was at its peak dudes were doing you know six months on six months off six months on because we didn't want to put crap through the training cycle and then they get to operations and then absolutely fuck it you know what I mean yeah. so so and it's just a certain person and, and, and you know with with human intelligence if you're talking to someone you might have really good rapport build it really up and then your, your replacement comes and then you think you're a good operator but the guy just doesn't click so you, it's, it's just one of those things, and that's that's one of the downsides of human intelligence. It's so subjective, it's so personality based. Um, you know, what works for one day might not work the next day. And then yeah. you think about the cultural side as well, especially in the Middle East. You know, they, they fucking love me because you know, with a tan on, I could be one of their homeboys. Um, so they, they they really like that. And you know, patriarchal societies, are you gonna get a female to replace you? It, you could, but you might not be as effective as as you know as you as you could you know what i mean you know yeah. way to put our views on them you know what i mean cool. i do have i do have a question on that so like coming from the american standpoint it's very much like a strategic focus like we have strategic focus on iraq strategic focus on afghanistan but talking to someone like 
Canadians or yourself or New Zealanders, it's like, oh, we have one very, very small problem set. Like that's ours. Like no one touches mm. it. That's ours. So how does that work? Do you mingle with like the Americans, the other guys to your right and left, or is that just your sandbox? Uh, like, like, like for example, you know, in in Afghanistan, we were given a whole province, and it's like, this is your province, this is your baby. You work with that, and obviously, we need to point out because like we're a bunch of, you know, poor people. And it was like, hey, America, can we have some of your helicopters, please? You know, can we have some of your M triple seven, please? And then because we we've got that stuff, but if we we send it, then like we have nothing back home. You know, you know, on, on patrol, it's literally like like Stalingrad. Like I had my style, and then the guy next to me is carrying three ma- three magazines. And I said, if I die, bro, you just take my rifle, okay? You know, for, for the motherland. But, uh, it's not that bad, but um, yeah, like yeah, we we. we uh, heavily involved with the Five Eye community. Um, you know, we we take New Zealand, who we consider like our little brother, along on stuff as well, whether they want to or not. Like, you're gonna come with us, bro. And we do a lot of training exercises with them, and then and the US as well. So I've had exposure to you know conventional US Army uh, human operators, um, some of the special forces guys who you know from unconventional warfare has a human element to it. And then sort of the more like strategic organizations as well, but not not so much because you know they're focused on your, you know, strategic, uh, you know, objectives. We're more the tactical operational. So it, there is a crossover. Like sometimes we might pick up some strategic reporting and we'll just pass it on, sort of thing. No, dude, it's it's so weird to hear you say like you're borrowing because it's like when it comes to like because I I worked with the Australians. Like I was under an Australian commander for six months. Like. The, the, the general, the uh, G3 and his XO, all Australian colonels and generals. And so it's like, we respected the hell out of him. So it wasn't like you're borrowing. It's like when, when like the, it's, and I, I think we'll piss some fans off, but it's like, you know, and like the Hungarians of NATO are like, hey, can we, hell, can we do this? It's like, yeah, here's a hand receipt and I'm going to be watching you and I'm going to tie it down to your belt and then bring it right fucking <laughs> back. But, and it's, it's so shit because like when, the Australians and the New Zealand guys were hanging with us. We're like, oh, you want to come? You want to you want to come hang out in the helicopters? You want to ride? You want to do this? Like, come on. And then still <laughs> half our shit would go missing. We're like, yeah, this is fucking Australian. Man. And then like the Romanians would be like, can I get a helicopter ride? Like, you can go to hell. Like, like <laughs> As like the Australian guys leaving like with one of our hottest chicks and like all our magazines and some sappy plates. Like, get the fuck. Like, no, that's our brother. Okay, he could do that. It's cheeky and fun. But if you do it, it's gross. We had an American analyst, I think he was from 205, uh, attached to our um, team in Iraq, and we corrupted that poor kid. He was, <laughs> a, he was a specialist. He was a really cool guy. And he was like, um, by the end of it, he was saying, can I, can I say the C-bomb on your, on your show? Okay. It's, it's yeah. a cultural appropriation. You, uh, we okay. can't say it. You can. Oh, no. Nice. So we told him to say cunt. <laughs> you know, like, the, way, the way Australians say it, it's kind of like, like K A R N T, like can't, like you, yeah. you fucking shit can't. But when Americans say it, it's so edgy, like you really emphasize the T. Anyway, so we corrupted this poor boy. He was from California, so he was a, he was a really nice guy. Um, and then by the end of it, he did nine months with us. So he did like three minutes, three months of the rotation for us, and six months with us. And yeah. he was kind of like our our LO to to the US. And um, he went back to his unit for like some training or whatever it is just for the day while we're overseas. 
and he come back and he goes, I just got uh, charged. Uh, I said the C-bomb in front of my S2 and she didn't like it. And uh, I just ducked in a week of my pay. <laughs> Sorry. He goes, I can't. And he got in trouble because he replaced his American flag with Australian flag and he forgot. And now like, you fucking turncoat. That's the, you know, you were trapped in the British Empire. I'm dead. Dude, that's, that is, no, because like for, for, uh, so like, cultural thing like american women like the c oh saying the c word to an american woman is it's go time it's it's go time it's instant like okay we're fighting like but you guys say it all the time and like as bros we understand like you know mm. it's like you know fuck you fuck that this is shit and then you guys throw in the cunt and it's like okay whatever but like <laughs> if, if i if you'd have sent me that back because i was an s2 i was a captain and i kept like about four months in, this kid shows up like, "Are oh, you quite like what the fuck yeah. happened to you here? Like, <laughs> go take a shower." <laughs> like, there's so many, there's so many levels of cunt. Like, there's a saying in Australia that you call your mates cunts and cunts mate. So, <laughs> it's like being a, a shit cunt is like you don't want to be a shit cunt. That's like a bad thing. Like, it's like, oh, you know, you're a good cunt. Like, oh yeah, Cody's a good cunt because he gave me this. Like, what a, what a good cunt. And then it's just like you stub your toe on the corner. You're like, cat, <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, you know, it's the same here. Like, you know, Australian women don't really say that word. It's kind of like a, a naughty word. But um, I always try and encourage my wife to say, and she refuses to say it. She won't say it. I'm like, I'll give you a hundred dollars. I give you a back rub. <laughs> like flat out, we'll not say it. But try to grow up there. <laughs> oh man, no, one no, thing I do. Not... Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, I was almost going to derail the entire conversation to something more serious. <laughs> please, please. Yeah, Save so, us. like, I think one one thing that's really funny is when people talk about, like, the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan, they usually talk about America, number one, the number two, the English. But you're like, oh, yeah, Australia secured almost every single airfield that we didn't. So you're like, they did <laughs> a lot of work. And everyone just kind of, like, forgets that they were there. And so when it comes to, like, everyone says, you know, go fuck the French, whatever, you're like, yeah, they were there in 91. They weren't there in 03. Mm. But the Australians kind of did a lot of work. And it, mm. especially like Afghanistan, Iraq specifically, it's like everyone just kind of forgets the Australians. You're like, no, no, they were, they were, they there. were the third guy there. They were the third guy. You're <laughs> <laughs> the third, the third, like the mind's eye. They were like, especially, uh, you know, invasion of Iraq or even like early Afghan days as well. The SNF uh, played a huge role supporting you know, US Special Forces operations. Like, there's so many books out there, and I probably won't do it justice because I was never a special boy. But the, you know, the long-range reconnaissance, that sort of the, the intelligence reporting on, like, where Bin Laden was, um, like, trying to find him during the during the clearance clearance op, stuff like that. It, we were kind of, like, forgotten. Like, hey, man, even World War II, Australia was in the Pacific. Like, we, 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 we sent our, like, all our experienced soldiers went to North Africa. And then we're like, oh, mm -hmm. fuck, Japan's here, bro. So we sent all the, like, yeah, hey, man, you there. Here's two weeks training on how to use a bolt action. Good luck, son. And then while we're trying to get the re regulars back, and there's so many good stories about, like, how, you know, U.S. and Australian soldiers fighting Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands. Like, you just don't really hear that. And that was one of the worst theaters, you know, to fight in, on like, like and, and the Japanese were absolute ruthless bastards, too, during that, during that war as well. But uh, like, you know, hey, we're good now. We're friends now, man. <laughs> I, it's, I guess I was thinking in my head, 
I was like, it's weird how the, because we want to do the Five Eye podcast, but it's funny how it's like the, the New Zealand guys seem to be like more British. Like they tend to, mm. tend to be more well-mannered, tend to be more dele- delegate and same as the Canadians, they're kind of they're like they're like the middle ground. But the minute the United States and the Aussies get together, they're like, "Did we just become best friends?" Like it's like the Five Eye community. It's like, all right, America, you're on the left, and Australia's over on the right because if you two sit together, there's gonna be a fucking problem. And, like, and every time I've been worked with them, like you said, like it's it's weird that nobody talks about you guys. But then when we do get together, it's like a fucking banana fest, like. Uh, I know the Navy has that thing and the Marines, like all of them are like, please, God, send me to Australia. I will do <laughs> anything Dar- you want. Yeah, the, the, Dar- the Darwin rotational, the Darwin oh, rotational yeah. force. Yeah, that's the uh, like the old like when you're in boot camp in the Marine Corps, they're like, I hope to God you get sent to the West Coast, because if you go to the West Coast, you're going to go to Australia and the Australian girls hate Australian men and they will throw tennis balls <laughs> with their phone number onto the onto the ships because and the stigma was Australian men don't understand what foreplay is. They're like Americans. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> want Australian men. So it's just like we're kind of like high fiving as the women run across starting the back. <laughs> I was posted to Darwin when like the um, Obama came over and like announced, "Hey man, we're gonna leave Marines here." I'm like oh, this is interesting, and then literally left a thousand Marines in the base. I was like, "Oh what?" So <laughs> like it was pretty cool. Like you came, like I just got back from Afghanistan, and it's like we need you to be, we need all these guys to go back to be like sit next to a bunch of Marines and get a photo. Obama's gonna make this big announcement about this uh, Marine presence in Darwin, and it pretty much like like the population pretty much doubled. Like Darwin has like a population of like six people. Half of which are Irish backpackers, and then like all these like US guys coming in, and yeah, the, the ladies love them, like especially the backpackers as well. Because Darwin has it, I don't know, not, not so much since COVID, but like backpacker season in Darwin is like English, Irish, Scandinavian girls working in, in Australia, saving up heaps, heaps of money in their travel Asia. So, like, they're literally marrying Marines for going back to the States. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to live here anymore. Take me, man, meets, you know, pretty much. Just, like, get me out of here. But, uh, yeah, Darwin's a trip. It's like Mars. Every day I woke up in Darwin, I was like, it's like an opening scene from Apocalypse Now. I'm just looking at the fan. It's hot as fuck. I'm like drunk and like Darwin. <laughs> Shit, that's <I'm> doing <laughs> fucking Darwin. Because <laughs> there's seven, to one, seven chicks to one dude there. And I was like, I was 18. I was there between yeah. when I was 18 and 22. I was like, I'm never getting fucking laid again. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to compete with that big, sexy American man. Yeah, he's on <laughs> I'm like 60 kilos, man, ringing the wet. I'm like, oh, like no one's watching the arms. Can I? You're just going to the bar. Can I interest you in second place? Like, fucking... <laughs> can I be next, no. please? No, but it's crazy. When I was uh working with, not working, but it was like we did a joint exercise with like Brits, Canadians, and Australians were in, were there. The Brits very much to themselves didn't want to mingle canadians mm. were like under the oh, british yeah. wave the australians were getting fucked up so funny yeah. like it's like you look like us you act like us <laughs> just have goofy hats and then oh uh, man like, it was so funny 
We're, we're the Texans of the British Empire, man. We're just like we're just down for like barbecue, beers, and bitches. <laughs> well, that's what it is. And Matt and I have talked about this. Like, if you ever go to like a U.S. like armed services center, it's like literally the trailer park show up. Like all our infantry <laughs> kids are for, like ninety percent of the United States Marine Corps and United States Army infantry is just Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, and trailer parks from the Rust Belt. And so, like you're like we're the Texas of the British Empire. It's like we send nothing but Texans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like like I said, like Matt's sitting there at that training exercise. He's a kid from a poor town in michigan and i'm from like tennessee it's like you spot the australians it's like hey <laughs> like finger waving each other in formation <laughs> like you know you're gonna lose half your pay i've already accepted it it's it's a fate worth yeah. living <laughs> like i already have i already have an std all right i don't care yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, I leave the handrail coming in to prepare myself <laughs> i've been saving for this training exercise all year i've got like three grand for back pay oh, it's man. good <laughs> i just remember like this we were like like i was underage we couldn't drink but everyone all the foreigners could drink if they were like 18 or whatever and i remember there was this british officer in line to get a beer and this australian like laura enlisted walked straight up and the brit was like what are you doing he was like fuck you <laughs> that's a chance for the first world war like you know australia tries to model themselves of the british army like throughout the whole time you know they, they make the officers are probably officers and you know they're enlisted or enlisted but over time it's kind of changed so australian officers are a bit more relaxed and like they you know they have a bit of banter with the, with, the, with the guys as well but as soon as they try to pull like that british officer mentality it's like get fucked mate like that's no there's a sergeant will pull him aside it's like you do that again i'll fucking cave your head in like the manager chats have like that but um i remember overseas because i was like uh like a corporal and a sergeant both times and kind of like the e5 e6 equivalent and this major comes in and um we were in plain clothes and i was giving him like a capability brief I'm like oh this is our coverage this is what we're doing and, and he's like um, he goes, oh, where, where's where's your officer? I want to talk to your officer. I goes, oh, man, I'm the deck commander. So good, you can talk to me. He goes, mm, I'd rather talk to an officer. And I was like, well, you can get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. He was like, who the fuck are you coming into my house? Get my wife's name wrong. <laughs> Dude, who? Uh, we were talking to AFV about that. AFV recognitions uh, in the British Army, and he's just like, it's. I didn't know this, but it's like mostly not only heritage, but like the Sandhurst yeah. boys. He's like, if you're, he's like the top 10% go to the Paras. And I was telling him in a podcast or something, we're playing games. I was like, dude, that explains a lot because when the Paras uh, trained with the 101st one time, I was talking to this like lieutenant. I was like, hey man, you want to go like work out? You want to go lift weights? Or, like what's going on? Like there's a fucking, yeah, yeah you want to kiss? You want to go? Like I, I did wrestling and combatives in the morning i was like you want to go to the combatives room and fight and like he's like what the fuck's wrong with you i'm gonna go for a <laughs> run i'm like a run that's like the lamest yeah. shit you could do like yeah and o offices I, run enlisted lift <laughs> <laughs> like, no uh i was telling uh afb about that like it's you, you got to know how to fight if you're going to be an officer, like because your enlisted <laughs> will beat the shit out of you on your birthday, yeah. Um, yeah. on like any promotion event, like catch you mm -hmm. in the hall. Like 
Nothing enlisted love nothing more than beating the shit out of their officers in the U.S. Army. It's like a past tradition, just like <laughs> catching the lieutenant in the open, like a little pig, a scared little pig. <laughs> it's not my story, but oh yeah, it's not my story, but <laughs> it's not my story. But I remember in two six, like six reg, it was like golf company or something. The sergeant in the shop was giving like he was giving a brief or something. The the lieutenant just wasn't having it. He's like, no, I don't like the format or something. And they were getting in an argument. So the sergeant took his blouse off. He's like, we doing this? Lieutenant's like, <laughs> so lieutenant's like, sure. And this sergeant beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> lieutenant came back in, and the lance corporals were like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. He's lost my respect. <laughs> whip it out oh, whip so them funny. out. bring the rulers out we're doing this and i think it has a lot to do though with like historical context of it like mm-hmm. so like you were, you were saying like new guinea and rough fighting uh the japanese and it's the same thing for like the american army like where how we were formed like the american revolution the indian wars like it's just it's fucking chaos like if your officer dies and you have like if you're the british army and your officer dies it's like oh shit we gotta go home but like in new guinea and all the boer wars where the the anzacs fought mm. it's like yeah the officer's gonna fucking die we expect that like we have shit to do without him courage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on sir get up front and lead us like dude even, even chesty polar like chesty polar in a marine corps interview was like i had the highest casualty rate in officers it was the greatest day of my life when i found that out i was like what the fuck bro yeah, no there's like, the uh there's all those old stories about like the French and Indian war about the uh, like Iroquois and whatnot with the French attacking the British and they would kill the officer immediately. The grunts just didn't know what to do. It just got slaughtered. They're like, well, I wasn't told to shoot back. <laughs> just get hacked to pieces. But then they try that again with the Americans. They're like, they just keep coming. <laughs> I wasn't listening to him anyway. <laughs> I'm shooting anyway. I want to get a roundup. Yeah. It's like, well, you think like Australian culture we know we don't have that real distinct like the upper class middle class lower class we're kind of like just one big shit class and um <laughs> our officers are pretty much a guy that you'd go to school with you know what i mean like he'd go and do his officer training and come out as a as a lieutenant and he's like hey i remember that guy from rugby we're in the british circles that you know that you know most officers are highly educated go to really good schools they've got you know family family money not not all the case i'm talking you know like generically and historically but that's all the case in the show. We've never had, like, all our officers are usually, like, you know, farmers or just, like, big, big boys. It's just like, you know, I don't want to punch someone. And they get treated by the recruiters. Like, hey, you're going to be an officer, bro. You're like, we need you. Come on, be an officer. Like, oh, okay, I guess I will. But you look at the infantry, you know, cavalry, engineer officers. They're usually, like, mm-hmm. that's the top percentages that come out of our office, officer school. Like, the top top students usually get their pick and choose a, you know, infantry, for example. And so they're usually, like, fit, fit guys and girls. Um, really motivated, really smart. So, you know, you probably won't get it as much there. Like when I was in Afghan, we, our uh, patrol base commander was the infantry captain. And he was a great dude, man. Like he was little. It's like we called him like the battle dwarf because he was so little and he had like, this big radio. And he just looked like a backpack with legs. But he was like <laughs> fucking, like he was a really good dude. Yeah. It, it makes sense. I mean, like, uh, I think it's like the vast majority of our officers come from ROTC, which is just, you know, four years mm-hmm. college. It's a program. And then the whole time you're competing, like you're competing against each other. You're competing in like your school and then every other school. And then 
West Point obviously gets active duty, but it's kind of like that. It's kind of weird that you said that, that your guys are, do you have a military academy or no? Do they just go? Yeah. Yeah. Centers? We could. Yeah. So RMC, Royal, Milita- Royal Military College Duntroon is like the officer school. It's kind of like the Sandhurst equivalent, but not as, not as nice. It's in our capital, which is a shit old Canberra. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, it's 18 months, 18 months officer training. And then you go and do your course specific training. Okay. No, that, that's that's the reason why that they're still good is because like when I'm 22, 23, getting out of ROTC in college and hitting my first, like my officer training as an intelligence officer, that's where I met my wife. So I had already had like four years of college partying and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm tired, grandpa. Like, okay. And so like dated my wife and like married her and all that stuff. But then you meet like West Point kids who are kind of like mm. the, the British aristocracy, if you will. And it's like, it's like meeting a homeschool kid. It's like, what the oh, fuck yeah. is wrong with you? And they're just like, I've been handicapped and kept in the, the, the house for four years. Nobody let me go anywhere. And I'm, this is my first taste of freedom. Who? And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? And like, they, they, it, it's awful. And, and so like, it's, it's weird that you said it like that. Cause it is, it's like the ROTC kids are out there like, all right, I guess I should get married and settle down. I did all my partying. And then like <laughs> the West point kids are like, finally a taste of freedom at 23 years old. And you're like, what the, but, then you have, the but, but then you have like those 40, not 40, like 36 year old Mustangs. who was like, I was a grunt. I did my <laughs> yeah. six pumps and now I want to be an officer. But then they're either a, the best officer you can have or the worst because they understand the mind. Yeah. yeah. They understand the mind of a lower, Listen, guys, like you know, he's trying to hide. <laughs> like, go get him. Or, it's like, oh, you're at dental. Bring back your receipt. <laughs> like, yeah, but, the best oh, of the yeah, unicorns. Yeah. The best of the unicorns. They're like officers, kind of like I think what Cody might have been, where right? an officer with like a soldier's mentality, and then you just corrupt them. Like, oh, I was a corrupt yeah, once, right. and then I met, and then I met some really cool enlisted guys. I like now. <laughs> Now I hit ceiling rank at major, you know what I mean? <laughs> my, uh, uh, I mean, I've told the story before. My favorite officer, he was also the worst officer you could have as like an enlisted guy. But very funny dude. He would just sit down, like he would slouch down and like the Cubs and every, or the Dubs we would have like once a week. And I would sit behind him. They were like, all right, S2, how's the weather? He's like, did you go outside this morning? Is it hot? It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you didn't tell me anything. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, it was he you 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 hit the nail on the head with that because like by the time i was like pretty much like two months out from leaving afghanistan we were doing so many helicopter assaults i would walk in and stand at the back of the room it'd be my slide i just stand there and people be like what are you doing i'm like trying to remember which guy this is that we're killing and they and i'd like flip through i'd flip through like two slides forward three slides i was like oh yeah i remember this guy okay so this is what's happening and they're like what's wrong with you i'm like i am so fucking done like i'm so burnt out <laughs> and i'm like watch out for that machine gun here he may move down there but he's, he's definitely gonna be like right there and they're like thanks s2 you're you're doing good i'm like, here for you and like, I just like throw a slip of paper of grid coordinates to like the, the Apache pilot and the, the A-10 guy. And then they come back. They're like, he was right there. He was right there. Shot him like 20 times in 30 millimeter. Fuck him up. I'm like, oh, good. I got two more of this tonight. And then, like, I'm just completely done. 
Oh my god. That's that, that's that's what happens. The enlisted get there and they're like, sir, there's an easier way to do this. And like by oh, that yeah. time the stick is fully out of your ass and you're like, just show me the way. I'll do whatever you want, big boy. The port of potty, the shower, have your way with me. <laughs> my dreams died a long time ago. I'm not gonna be a special forces ranger sniper like Tim Kennedy. Just, <laughs> the best I can hope for is a Folger sponsorship. I'm not getting black rifle. <laughs> It's just it's just me waking up with a cigarette in a trailer park like Folgers, the real man's dream. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. Uh yeah. but now that I've made a shitty Folgers joke, um my question to you is you sit here and you watch America from a distance. A lot of mm. people in our group want to know, uh not, not want to know, but like what do you see this as like is the border crisis really a border crisis? Is South America all that bad? Should we be looking at China like as an Australian with a drinking problem? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what should America do? Tell us, oh wise one. Well, take a knee. Take a knee, son. Well, the media that we get obviously just makes everything sound so much worse. Like, oh my God, there's like children are dying every day in the US. Um, You know, the, the border's infiltrated and you know it just said obviously it's worse case man. I you know I kind of don't believe it. One of my best friends like uh met an American and moved over there and married her and there's like a fire firefighter in Louisiana. He's a fucking really good dude. And he just tells me like man like it's like what you guys hear about Australia. Like we got a dictator or a PM. Um you know, you know, mm-hmm. cops are bashing everyone for leaving their house during COVID. Like it's just you don't believe the media. It's all full of shit. And then obviously by talking to each other, um you realize what the reality is and in like in regards to like what's happening in the world today like for us you know we, we spent so long focusing on the middle east and that's because you know we're just keeping that relationship alive for the five community like like hey us we'll send some guys to Afghan if you look after us if world war three happens and you're just like sure but <laughs> yeah we'll do that um but like you know you know china is is a huge threat for us and, and our government right now is pretty left-leaning so they want to make sure we're not putting ourselves in a bad position security-wise. And that's why you see, like, the relationship with the U.S. really being reinforced, you know, with the Marines up in Darwin, uh, you know, AUKUS, uh, training training teams throughout the uh, southeast, southeast as well, like the Philippines. Like, we do joint training, U.S., Australia, Filipino, you know, um, combat shooting, you know, IED training, all that sort of stuff. And then, um, you know, we, we always send guys to the U.S., for training as well. Like, I missed out on so many good opportunities to go over and do some joint training because uh, what you guys offer is, is pretty good. Like you guys have the kit, the training, and like uh, you give fucks. We don't we don't really necessarily give fucks until it's too late. Like man, when, when I went to Afghan, like I had the worst body fucking armor. And I didn't even I didn't even have like a proper sight for my rifle. I was given this shitty little stock sight, and when I did a handover, so I was a, a searcher at the time. Um, he's like, hey, bro, here's your ACOG. I literally took the ACOG off the guy's rifle that I replaced, and then he went back and took, you know, put his old shitty scope on and flew off. And our body arm was fucked. I looked like a turtle, man. And, um, you know, <laughs> when, the, when the Special Forces guys got better kit, we, they gave it to us. Like, hey, he's Eagle Marine. The Eagle Marine platform, which is, I think, what the Marines used for a long time as well. That brown that brown kit. Mm-hmm. And that was a godsend. I was like, yeah, oh the God. black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was like, I can move. This is fucking great. Look at me. Like, we're so reactive. Yeah. And it's just surprising that this office thing is kind of like proactive if, in a sense. Like, yeah, we, we, we're prepping, even though we're not getting subs until like, you know, we could probably fly to Mars. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it makes sense because it's like, 
I've talked to once you talk to like like you said you talk to a couple people and you, you move around and you like make friends you you start to realize like your average american infantryman gets a shit ton of training compared to most mm. other countries like mm. we we complain about it like oh you got to go to the electronic shooting simulator for two hours before you go to the range the next day and then you do the range and then you do your marksmanship table so you're like you're shooting like zero to 300 meters then you're doing like moving shooting then you're doing like bounding and then you, we like work our way up to the shoot house and like you're saying you're like I go shooting before I deploy, and that's about it. And it's like, <laughs> you fucking what? <laughs> like, like, yeah. And so it's there's something I definitely want to, uh, like, building on top of this is like, you know, is China a threat? Is the border a threat or anything? But within the last 10 years, Australia's built like two, what, LHDs, the helicopter carriers, the Canberra mm. and the other, uh, Adelaide, is that it? But um, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's like, is there a naval arms race in the Pacific? Because japan or china got an aircraft carrier australia said they're going to make two little helos india said they want to make an aircraft carrier the japanese went around the constitution to make one and it's like it's like yeah so is there a naval arms race is australia trying to get ahead of the curve because they also last year just made that weird nuclear sub deal with the u.s and the the brits they're like yeah they're coming here but i mean if for the listeners back in the day um there was a big rift between the west and new zealand because they said no nuclear weapons in this country and they're like cool you have a port that can hold nuclear subs so thanks but that was back in i want to say the 70s or the 80s but then yeah like what's going on there yeah so i think the writing is on the wall man like the future potential conflict will be island hopping it'll be jungle fighting it'll be like real nasty shit so we're kind of preparing ourselves like we we, we created an, an amphibious infantry battalion which was Super rare. Like we re-rolled a unit and said, "Hey, guess what, guys? You're now amphib," and we and they're now attached to like our forces command kind uh, sort of level. And yeah, we re-rolled them. So all the infantrymen are recon, um, amphibious qualified, kind of like like a quasi-marine battalion, which we never had really, really had before. Um, and then now we we started to do more amphibious. We've got the two LHDs, Adelaide and Canberra, which like work when they want to. And we you know we we test them constantly when there's like a cyclone. PG, whatever, like, yeah, let's send it out. Let's test our readiness. You know, we, we're testing, like it was on the news, they're testing Apaches on them as well for a sort of a strike capability because the targets that we brought are fucking stupid. Like, it's a French platform with US computers, so we just butchered this 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 kit, and it's an mm. absolute rubbish piece of shit. Like, even though it was tested in, like, Africa with the French, and apparently they had some really good results with the Tiger, with us, it's just a, just a joke. So we went, we go on Apache, we go on Black Hawk, we're trying to make ourselves more interoperable with the US because what we see is probably going to be doing that conventional sort of uh, almost like World War Two style island hopping, you know, light infantry units. Um, you know, the, the, we probably put more of an emphasis on our infantry fighting vehicles and tanks, like sort of the sort of two platforms we're looking at have like 30 mil cannons. They're huge, like they're hardly reconnaissance vehicles, but you can tell they're light enough to get on a on a on an LHD, ship it to a shore, you know, to support infantry, you know, in, in the jungle or real dense terrain. What about uh, F-35s? Are the LHDs capable of launching those bad boys? Nah, I doubt it. Like, I think the, <laughs> I think the LHDs, in my opinion, like, this is my opinion, and I'm not a fucking expert by any means. I think the LHDs become, like, floating FOBs. Hmm. Um, they'll, they'll be, like, you know, they'll launch troops from, become, like, a, a hospital sort of ship as well. And the F-35s, I reckon, will be kept to the northern Australia and just protect the borders, fly around long-range patrols or support um, where they can in in uh, in the near region, yeah. I don't see those. I don't see us getting like 
you know, uh, aircraft carrier where we can reenact Top Gun in like you know where aviators <laughs> and fucking like, launch ships. I really well, yeah, like that. Oh, I thought it was really good, but there was that F thirty five in Japan that will like miss the landing pad and just went straight yeah. into the water, and everyone's like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and and the Chinese race so fast to scoop it up. And we're like, no, get the fuck away. <laughs> well, let's, let's think about it, man. Like it's you know like that guy that got arrested in Australia, the U.S. fighter pilot that got arrested because he was teaching uh, the Chinese how to do uh, launch planes off ships. Because think about it, the U.S. have mastered that, like the U.S. And the UK have, have been launching planes off ships for, for fucking ages now. Like, you know, since, since the 40s. We, we've never really done that. And that's a capability that we, we, we may have had at one point, but have lost. And it's not easy. Like, you, the, just think about the training burden to get these pilots capable to take off land on a ship that's moving. Um, yeah, it's just no it main, main feat. And I don't think Australia has the appetite to start raising that capability when we can just leverage the US. And then... And you can see that China definitely wants that capability to extend their reach as well, because they don't have a huge ability to force project. Like, we don't think China's going to invade Australia. Like, God forbid it happens, because I was like, oh, fucking, they were just going to throw, like, shit at me. But we, we honestly don't, you know, Australians don't think they have the ability to force project, but they'll just want to project far enough that they'll create a buffer that we won't get close to the Chinese mainland. It's, I'm looking at the Canberra, and I'm, I'm not a, not a Navy guy at all. Um, it, it's for those that are listening and can't look they're just like in the car driving imagine an area aircraft carrier but it's like a chode it's it's like short <laughs> and fat and it's got my favorite thing it doesn't have like a straight ramp no nope, it it's got the the lift it's got, yep. the, it's got the poverty it's got the ramp, ramp. Yep. they call it the poverty it is, it's, ramp it's based on an old uh, uh man, i forgot the name but the australians <laughs> bought the designs from the spanish and when I was in Port <laughs> Spain, I saw the Spanish ship, and I remember like we ported our rink and dink little boat next to it. I'm like, it's bigger. Like what? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> right? It's like Australia put all that money into this. <laughs> wow, we we stuck at procurement. Like we, I don't know. Like we still run M one one three. Like the one the court the car that I learned to drive in the M one one three I learned to drive in was in Vietnam, and it was shot with an RPG, rewelded. And sent back, to, and we still use we still used it at that point. And uh, it had a plaque in it, but yeah, this thing was shot in Bungtau Province, nineteen you know sixty eight, whatever. Uh, and then we're like, hey, we need another something to replace this. I got an idea. Let's get two buckets, we smoosh them together, and then we'll, we'll put a brand new tire on it, and then that'll be a good replacement. And then actually, the pieces just shit. Like like we were like, oh, let's just send them to Ukraine, and that's what you see in Ukraine now. The Australian buckets. Like, they're not designed for combat. And, like, sh- shuttling um, casualties back from the front lines of hospitals, yeah, they're perfect for that because we'll protect you from small arms or whatever. But, like, 762, two, maybe two seven six two guns to sustain fire will we'll eventually just fuck that thing up. Yeah. It's, 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 it's right, just a so box. It's just a yeah, box. And the fuel tank's outside, man. If you only shoot the fuel tank, <laughs> you're like, fuck! <laughs> oh, flaming meatballs. Fucking six wheels, bro. For a can of raviolis. Okay. Right. So something, something. Since you know you're an Australian, I think you might know more about this. And a lot of people always talk about like like Vietnam. They're like, oh, you know, there was Americans in Vietnam that there was nobody else there to support us. But it's like, yeah, the Australians and New Zealanders were there. But like, mm. like grandfather was in Vietnam, whatnot. He had much higher respect for the Australians. But at the same time, the Australians in Vietnam came right from Malaysia. They were fighting the Malaysian emergency with the Brits. Yeah. They were fighting the various very similar coin operation where the brits idea instead of like shock and awe like ours was was like oh let's just 
poison all the water, burn all the food in exchange a bag of rice for a communist or two for two communists, like something like this. And the Australians yeah. came to Vietnam. They're like, hey, here's all of our tools. We know how to win. The U.S. was like, just go burn this village down. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Australians in Vietnam were, were like really great jungle fighters. Like you think about our training areas are mostly jungles. So we, we had like the jungle patrolling, jungle fighting pretty much squared away. Um, it's just, uh, I guess the appetite for the war sort of diminished like in the US over time and it sort of degraded our morale. Um, but, you know, I went to, I went to Vietnam in 2014 with a, with a, the Tunnel Rats Association. So all the, like, all the, you know, combat engineers went into tunnels and stuff. So then this thing was like, Hey man, two engineers from every unit. Let's, let's roll. Let's go uh, escort these old boys who probably haven't been back since, uh, the Vietnam war. So we all went over there. About about two weeks, and we went to Vung Tau. The Australians had the Vung Tau province, and we started off, uh, you know, Saigon and uh, you know, and, and then sort of just parted on. But we went to all the big battle sites. We went to the, the Long Tan. I don't know if you've heard of the Battle of Long Tan, where like a, a, a company of Australian infantrymen like fought off a couple thousand NVA troops. Um, they, they made a movie about it. Uh, and so we went, we went there. We went to the you know the Coochie tunnels and all sort of stuff because all the guys I went with we were engineers. And tunnel rats, and it's kind of we did something very similar in that game. Like I searched a few tunnels, we're, we're looking for caches, we're doing like combat engineering shit, and um, yeah, it was it was a trip, man. Like you know, it was pretty cool. Those old boys fucking felt like they were twenty again. Like one, like, there's this one guy who's like a he was a captain in the war, and he retired as a Louis colonel, and like you know, we were there to escort them as well because they're 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 in their you know sixties and seventies and something comes in their eighties, and we're like, hey man, we got to the next bar. He's like, son, I'm busy. He's like. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Look, we're gonna to go to the next bar. And go, Son, I'm busy, and then I look down, and he's getting a BJ under the pool table. <laughs> and like, like they, they thought they were back, you know, in in the sixties and seventies, man. They're having such a good time. And then like we went to the range, and then uh, it was like because the Vietnamese army is pretty poor. They're like, hey, you can shoot our guns, just you know, give us some money from rounds. And I, I wanted to shoot the M1 Garand. Like I was like, this is fucking sick. Like Band of Brothers, let's do this. I just want to hear that ping and get rock hard. And then um, one of the other boys spent like 200 Australian dollars, which is probably like 6,000 US dollars. And um, <laughs> he got like 200 rounds of link, 760 link for the M60. And he just yelled, he just wanted to yell, get some, and just fire 300 round burst off an M60 with his shirt off. And all the old boys loved it. It was fucking great. But like, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Some of them like refused to have lunch with the um, NDA um, VC vets. That they were there as well. We had like a joint lunch. Some guys just didn't get off the bus. Like it was just, it was just a hard war, man. Like those guys yeah. absolutely got pumped. It's it's a weird thing, yeah. I mean, like they did that for. Um, I remember there was a show for the Americans that did that. Uh, they like brought the Americans back, and I've seen it where they've brought the uh, the guys who were there at Christmas for World War Two when Japan attacked Hong Kong. And they just like brutally assaulted the British, American, Canadian, Australian dudes there. And they're just like, they'll they'll go like right up to the Japanese, like you war criminals. And they'll be like, nope, <laughs> get me the fuck out. It's like it's like really uncomfortable. But I think if yeah. uh, I, I hate to say it, but like it, it's kind of weird. But it isn't like you know, like some people die, Ooh. so a lot of dudes get tortured. But I I think if you like. Nobody asked me, but like, if you had the chance to go back and have lunch with the Taliban, like, shit, yeah, I would because I'd look them dead in the eye, like, you won, but 
I get a lot of your fucking friends though, right? Like, <laughs> like you won, but like you didn't beat me. Like, like, like how do you like that'd be like the ultimate shit talking? Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but I I get it. There's there's really hard felt feelings, and it's hard to fucking. What a way to kill the vibe, you know? Go from like drinking to machine guns to like now go have lunch with your enemy. Like, what the no, fuck, yeah, bro? I mean, like, <laughs> there was that. Uh, there was that. Did you see that movie? Uh, uh the Railway Man. You ever see that one? Yeah. Colin Firth? Yeah. Yeah, about the uh the Brits in the Singapore and they got captured yeah. by the Japanese. And so the Japanese made them build a railway because that was their whole job. And uh I mean uh, for the for the listeners out there, I'm not here to be like a movie reviewer, but it's like this Brit was like, I hate him. I hate the Japanese <laughs> so much. <laughs> his, his wife's like, Hey, guess what? I got little uh ba- baby uh, Cody for uh Christmas. And he's like, What? A train set, and it's just like watching a train go around the Christmas tree, having a fucking PTSD attack, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> the one like, scene where he throws him in a cage, he's like, "Get in the cage!" Like I will. This, this old Japanese guy's like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to to bring back to like the human thing as well. When we were in Vietnam, I, I wasn't intelligence by then. I was just a young, dirty, dirty sapper. Uh, we, we're like chilling at this in a hotel at Vung Town, and he's like two smoking hot western looking chicks come up and then they had like russian accents and like hey what are you fit young men doing in vietnam and then we realized like vietnam is kind of like the cancun or bali for like you know australians like bali is like where we send out go for a cheap holiday and like probably like cancun for you guys like you go down there drink beers and get on sit on the beach well for vietnam that's where you know russians and ukrainians usually go to party and with those two smoking hot like um, Eastern European chicks like what are you guys doing and when they realized that we were losers and nobodies and like oh, fuck they just left and they said hey, yeah, where, are you, where are you Ukrainians and we teach uh, Ukrainian to the, the Vietnamese students here like okay this is dodgy this is but you've already I'm pretty sure an embassy near the hotel it was just, yeah. just a bunch of white guys just sitting around I'm like oh these are fucking nothing what losers let's get out of here come back I'm SAS <laughs> I'm at five <laughs> <laughs> you guys want a, a manual on deck cord? Come here, come on. I'll it's on you how to build a sandbag wall. <laughs> I'll show you some TTPs. They'll, they'll yeah, let you down and they'll make you, you know, dissatisfied. But hey, <laughs> like... <laughs> it was like honey pot. It was honey potting 101, baby. Yeah. We were just talking about that on another episode. Matt was talking about all the, uh, you know, Chinese females that are in the D.C. area going to college. Everywhere. And, yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like, you want to find the spy? Look at the one taking a selfie in front of the Pentagon. There she is. But wasn't there a U.S. senator that was like banging some Chinese ladies? It was his, uh, what was it, Cody? Like his personal aide or something in so California? Okay, yeah. No, it's uh, in California. They had like three Californian representatives wrapped up in Chinese honeypot scandals. And like uh, Mitch McConnell, nobody ever mentions this, but Mitch McConnell's wife is uh, Chinese as well. Um, who else? There's a lot of honeypotting going on in local politics, not um, mm-hmm. not federal politics, because they know the game, right? So, like, in Texas, there's, like, 11 counties that control, like, 
oil prices in Tennessee, or not Tennessee, but like oil prices in the entire state because there's so much oil in these places. And so they're like constantly, the FBI is like, quit sending nines and tens to middle of bumfuck oil country, Texas. And it's like, Matt and I talked about this. If you just send like an average Chinese woman who's like a six or a seven, like just average, it'd be like, oh, okay, she's just kind of coming through. But it's like, oil country where dudes are talking about like hot beers sleeping in their trucks and like mm. it's just miserable existence and there's just like chinese honeypots walking around trying to marry like local oil barons to like raise prices it's like what the fuck is she doing out here <laughs> like i'm pissing in a beer can wearing underwear and boots covered in oil like if if a match gets lit half this county is gonna get blown up <laughs> and she's just like any of you have boys got any uh stocks any bonds any like get the fuck out of here i'm missing six teeth and i've got a heroin addiction like <laughs> you don't belong here it's, it's 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 yeah it's bad and it's it's mostly local politics and it's uh man it's funny that you said that like you don't think like you mentioned that aircraft carriers like that dude who did get wrapped up in china i saw that but it's funny you said like the like the australians may have lost that capability like it's it's weird to me because like I, I just it doesn't strike me as something that couldn't be fixed within like two to three years right like the australian army like you're saying like it's down and it's it's it you know it's how do i put this um it hasn't received the love and attention it needs to fight china but the thing about like australians is like you guys don't have a warrior culture like we've talked about this before on the podcast like americans are not a warrior culture as much as they put on punisher skulls and like my my, my second amendment patriotism it's like that doesn't you're not a we're like a mercantile society full of fat people but it's like in in the army and the marines we like transform people to become you know the army uh, mm. marine recon like we will haze you and push you into that that brown peg into that square hole to the point where you cannot reintroduce yourself to society you're like yeah. you're stuck <laughs> you're done yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm a burden like, now <laughs> so it's i mean and you're right right like if you've ever trained with the australians or like you realize like there's a certain amount of soldiering that you guys have about you so mm. it's like I, I think that you guys can, you know, take your, take your guys who come in, haze them properly. And then because you're English speaking and you already are part of the AUK US, it's like Australia, UK, US, like we all agree, like we're going to have nuclear weapons. We all agree. We're going to work together. It's like, dude, and you wouldn't have to twist anybody's arm. If you told me like, Hey, I need you to sign up for one more year and go teach Intel, the Australians, bro, my bag would be packed. My, I'd call my wife. She'd be like, we're going to Australia. Shove a dog in a suitcase. Let's go. Like I'd be there tomorrow to train you guys up. Like, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So I, I don't know. I don't feel like you guys are behind the power curve. Like if you told us like, Hey, who wants to go to Australia for the next three years and make sure they're ready to fight China. Like, we would be sifting through like there'd be dudes who are retired like let me back i'm coming <laughs> like I think, I think down the, old man like, i think especially from like the american standpoint is because like we do this like you know six months on six months off for the army it's like what 12 months on 12 months off something like that yeah. but if there was like a permanent personnel like you are going to australia until they know what yeah. they're doing like yeah. how many americans would sign up for that i'd like, go back until, <laughs> until, like, you're going to all you're going to Australia, you're going to fucking Iraq, you're going to be there forever until they're good to fight the Chinese. 
And yeah, dude, if you're, you grab like a 22 year old who's been bored, you're like, oh, go to Australia. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I, I know how to, I know how to shoot a machine gun. Yeah. I, I got it. <laughs> but it's all well and good having these really good strategic sort of plans, but the, it's like, I'll speak for the Australian Army, massive retention and recruitment problem. Like yeah. the culture has been absolutely gutted. And you see, like, look at our adver advertising for, to join it's like hey you want to play volleyball and get like you know get rental allowance and this is like this, the, the warrior mindset <laughs> fucking stripped and that kind of happened over time like when i joined it was like yeah fuck yeah we, we're here to like to kill people you know we're here to, to shoot guns and blow stuff up and then towards the end as i was leaving it's like you know we're one inclusive family you know the the, the chief of defense force fans um death symbols so if you like what, so companies that had like the mascot like the punisher skull for a mascot i think one of the commando companies had a commando skull as their mascot, had to get removed. All these things get removed. You can't have, like, you know, PT shirts that have, like, a skull on it. Like, it was just, like, it went yeah. over the top, man. So our, yeah, there was an old group like, that wore a skull. They're not too cool. So... <laughs> 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 we the baddies. Bad, yeah, the, uh, no, the, uh, bad. the symbolism thing is real because in the, like... Yeah. You look at footage of like Marines rolling into Iraq in 03 or something like they got the Decepticon signal. They got the Cobra yeah. symbol. They got like <laughs> just cartoon villains. So like we are the villains and we know it. Like we're just going <laughs> to own it. <laughs> but it's like it's like today, like, oh, you listen to one Irish rebel song and you get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you, yeah, I mean, it's. Isn't that just like the weirdest thing though? Is like by like gutting all the family, like like we're one big family. Like yeah, we were a family when I was covered in baking powder and forced to go in the shower. All right, like that's how I became part of this family. Like I was like a little cadet, and like and when I went to aerosol school, they made me sweat a bunch and roll around in like the sand pit, and they're just like, look, I made a sugar cookie, and I'm like covered. Oh. Ah. Am I, am I, <laughs> Is that a thing? I, this is just a quite like me thinking out loud. Some sugar cookie. So like when you go to Twenty Nine Palms and you're like a fucking retard and you're like you know you, you yeah. lose something or you steal something, it's called like would you rather get paperwork or would you rather get sugar cookie? And you gotta like sprint up and down like the desert hills <laughs> until like because the, the sand sticks to you. You're like I'm you run until I'm tired. You just get crystallized and you're like, you look like the Sandman from Spider-Man 3. They're like, you good? Did you learn your lessons? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you not? <laughs> they, had us, they had us do, because it got banned. This is how old I am. I went to aerosol school 10 years ago. They make you do like the overhead arm clap. And uh, it, they made us do four count, uh, 101. So it ended up being like 400. It's like 400 uh, arm claps above your head. And so by like 300, you're like, clapping in front of your face like <laughs> 82 83 and then they were like making a kid get down on his hands and knees and bear crawl around the entire company and then he's like falling on his face and stuff and they're like that wasn't a bear crawl and that he's like what do you mean how they're crawling around the whole thing we're still clapping by the way we're still clapping and they're yelling at this kid for not bear crawling and then they're like start over back at number 70 so you know you're back on number 70 and they're like do a bear crawl and roar and so he's just going around the entire formation <laughs> roar and roar and then as people laugh they're like shut up you bear crawl and i'm like i don't want a bear crawl and so you're like kind of jumping jacking to get your arms above your head and then when they were done with us and like everybody's done being little bears they're like all right go sugar cookie and then come back and go into lunch and so you go roll around in the sand and like a good sugar cookie like 
because <laughs> you're covered in sweat and then make you roll around in the sand pit. And then, like you said, it's like, I've never felt more like a family my entire life. <laughs> well, we, we used to cage people. So like if you were leaving the unit or you knew the unit, we'd put you in a big cage, padlock it, and cut, like hose you down, cover you in like rat pack food or MREs. we put baby powder on you. We'd throw like, like we'd, we'd, we'd empty the bin on you. And then we'd parade you around the unit like, like a caged panda. And you're like, yeah. And then like, it, was, it was normal. And like this great. I remember we, 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 boxed, we caged our, our, our troop commander. So this young LT is posting out. And then we put him yeah. in, we parading him around. And the CEO was walking past us. He's like, hey, hang on, boys. How are you? Like, what's up? And we did a salute as we're pushing this guy on a trolley jack. And we're parading him around. And we left him in the sun to cook. And, um, <laughs> And then you to the point where like you were upset if that didn't happen to you because you knew the guys liked you to do that for your farewell. And if they didn't do it, then you knew you weren't really liked. But um, yeah. they got squashed pretty easily. I think someone got caged and his older brother was like, you know, a colonel or something. And it was like, no, this is bullshit. You just coached my brother. And they got <laughs> yeah. Dude, they, uh, but I met an officer when I was in like, intel school training and he was like talking about that and it was it, it was one of those things like everybody kind of hated him as an instructor and he was like yeah i was an armor officer and they he, he was basically telling us like you don't have to put up with hazing the the guys tried to shoot a hole in my hat and i didn't let them they tried to, <laughs> he's like they tried to like put my hat on the end of the barrel and shoot it i didn't let them and they didn't uh they tried to take my shoes and hang them off the gun turret and drive around and fucking the army base i didn't let him he's like you don't have to put up with that and i was like they secretly wanted to murder you. <laughs> like, <laughs> let them do the traditions. Like, oh God. Like the amount of times I've like gone to the infantry land and like seen a kid taped to a flagpole and it's like, hey, what's up? He's like, I didn't pass ranger school. It's like, that's right. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Like, it's 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 a good time. And that's how it's I, I guess it's like that's not how you make, you don't make a family by saying we're family. Like we'll make our own family and like, we'll right just fuck it. yeah. <laughs> here, here, here's a question. Here's a question. So I, I know this is how it is in like the American army and Marine Corps and whatnot. When you're training to go to Marsoc, when you're training to be a ranger, you like, you'll see guys rucking on the side of the road, like yeah. miles and miles. Do you guys do that too? Do you drive around a base and see him? You're like fucking pussy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Sick pack, bro. Words of encouragement because deep down you wish like fuck, I wish I was motivated enough to do that. <laughs> life is good. Like when you get a SOCOM as an operator, like life is pretty good. Like a lot of my friends that did it and they loved it. Uh, I was just never that motivated or keen. I was just like a big spooky boy. Like I just wanna just wait. I was never that motivated, I'll be honest. But I, I liked working with them. But yeah, you see them all the time. Like, like, just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Darwin sucks dick. I need to get out of here. (laughs) That's what you need is you need it to suck so much that the only thing you have is like forward. Like if you're, if you're like, if you have a good life, it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. It's like, you're not oh, yeah. going to sit there and like grind your face into the mud. Like, I just need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like nobody ever sits there and it's like, no, I was in a good spot mentally and spiritually. And then I went to selection. <laughs> they're like looking at their fat wife with four kids and they're like, I got to get to retirement. <laughs> like, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be with the sappers anymore. I better go to, sele- I better go to selection. <laughs> Like, make something of myself dude it's seven o'clock quit working out go home to that fat bitch in the fucking trailer yeah. hell no <laughs> like, 
man, is that a so is that a is that a thing? I guess like in the Australian military, because if you have like like an Alyssa guy, you have like just a fucking prick as a staff sergeant. Like he just he keeps you working late all night and whatnot. Do the junior guys just sit around going like he doesn't like his wife? She wears the pants at home. Like, that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. They, they used to say stupid shit like, you know, you think I don't have a family to go home to because I don't want to go home. My wife hates me. It's like, cool, bro. My wife loves me. <laughs> I don't want to go home. It's like, it's like, I sleep in a race car bed, do you? I sleep in a big. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, you know, God, like, so you, you get to a point, you get to a point where, like, sergeants and above, you're guaranteed to, you know, same, same with it, like, most military, you're going to lose. Your wife eventually wants you to start progressing at the senior into your channels because you're you're a bitter, hardened, angry individual, and then like you start losing your hair as well. You know, I got a beautiful yeah. head of hair, man. I didn't. That's why I didn't want to go up the chain. Oh, it's <laughs> it's it's balding. It's balding. It's it's back there. It's <laughs> hide it, cover it with gel. Do it the Trump come over. I got we got like that's <laughs> it's it's fine. <laughs> um man all right so i i have a question so going way back earlier talking about like news and media and whatnot there is a lot of conservative nuts in the u.s who look at sky news and go like the australians are on point they know what they're doing (laughs) like like, what is your opinion on those guys because aren't they banned from like every major platform now (laughs) who's that Sky sky news oh sky news we have like a sky news channel like sky news australia like it's weird like news isn't that big in Australia? Like we've got free TV, they're like seven, like three, three major channels, and they have like their, their news. And their news is like, look at this puppy, or this kid's sick, he needs money, or this is the weather today. You know, news in Australia, like for me, you know, growing up, it wasn't that big of a thing. Like we weren't reading it and watching it. Like we're like kind of goes with that culture. We're like ignorant, like you know, ignorance to bliss. Like yeah, we're just we're just cruising along. We'll hear the big news, like oh, yeah, Trump's about to be indicted or something like that. He's about to get arrested. And then we'll yeah. laugh about it. And that's the daddy's like, yeah, we're, we're like idiots in the backwater. Just chill <laughs> until it gets really bad. Like, what do you mean Japanese took Singapore? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy? Oh, shit. This is fucking <laughs> American army and Marines on the trench line. Just like, holy shit, some disheveled Australian shows up <laughs> in the trench. Like, the fuck is going on? Like, uh, we're fighting. Like, who? Like, what the fuck? Who are we fighting this time? I got another one. So, I mean, we only have a few minutes left here. But um, remember a few years ago, New Zealand was petitioning to change their national flag because they were tired of, like, showing up to, like, press conferences with the Australian flag waving. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, like, they they had the Southern Cross fully strong. The Australian flag used to be red. It was, like, the Union Jack, red, Southern Cross, and the Federation star. I think the, the Kiwi flag was created before we went blue so we stole like we stole them it's like yeah this is ours now little brother it's like come on give the controller back man but like yeah there's a lot of that talk there's a lot of that talk about changing like we're talking about changing our flag too like to be honest it's a bit of a heated you know argument like you know am i that invested in the flag like i do respect what it represents but at the same time i don't want it to be some giant pink dildo flag you know what i mean (laughs) i want to do something to be proud to be proud of that was, you know what you have to be proud of? The greatest psyop to ever encroach this great nation. Bluey. 
Uh, oh, <laughs> good show. I watch it. <laughs> I watch it too. I've got a niece. I just remember like holding her, and she's like Bluey. I was like, I fucking love Bingo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kids like that. I don't want to go to bed. Like, shut up, watching small Bluey. <laughs> it's Russian. It's midnight. <laughs> watch more, dude. Oh man, but. Yeah. What's it been? It's been like what? Because you, for the listeners, uh, he has the free Zoom, so it's only been like two thirty minutes. <laughs> Cheap bitch. I, I want to say I want to say uh thirty five minutes a pop. So we're pushing like yeah over an hour at least. I think we're uh, good here if we want to like start wrapping this up. But oh yeah, for the listeners, are you banned on Instagram now? Like, what did you post? Did you, like, you, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I think it was um. So I did a post on like you know Russian foreign intelligence services, and then um, I posted it. I thought it was pretty good couple of comments one guy got like a real spicy comment on it and then i just couldn't post and the app just shut, started shutting down and then literally you had to wait 24 hours and it started working again so maybe they were checking out the algorithm and saying oh how spicy is this but <laughs> they're like i just started it because for, for like for the lols like i got a bit bored i thought like, this is cool i want to start something like i didn't see too many human stuff and i don't want to get too specific but i also love shit talking and posting memes so <laughs> Just, I don't want to be like another me, but it's so fun. No, yeah, come come in and do what Alcon does, and I'm calling him out because he probably doesn't listen or he does, but he'll like. It's the best to like have like the Brits get in a fight, the AFE will get in a fight, we'll come in, fuck it up some, and then like you guys wake up and like Alcon's done it. He'll just immediately jump in the fight, and some kid's phone is just ringing 24 hours a day <laughs> as the world turns, and Five Eye is just commenting. He like quit. He just straight up quit. He's like, fuck it. And then he's like waking up the next day and Matt's like, kiss me. Fucking kiss me. <laughs> it's 24 hour operations. And then getting called out in the story. So do whatever you want. We'll be here for it. <laughs> it's, just, it's new. I don't know where it's going to go. Probably just turn into like pictures of me naked with a shirt off. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I do like your introductory post of just like some blonde dude with the worst haircut. You're like, no me. Me, me. I want to show you a like... post on Honey Pod soon, but we'll see how that goes. Hey. I'll just put a wig and put some lipstick on Cody. This is the Honey <laughs> Do it. It's not as bad as the shit Matt sends in some of these groups. I'm like... <laughs> I get creative, <laughs> but all right. Well, yeah, I think this is about to kick us out. So everyone, uh, thanks for listening. This is the dirty dingo at, is it just the dirty dingo? Uh, That's it, man. Is it? It's all right. Yeah. Friend follow, you regret it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Cody, you want to close this out? We got less than a minute. All right. We got less than a minute. So uh, on the Patreon, we've got extra episodes. We've got game night. We've got all types of things going on on the Patreon. We tend to keep the games pretty cheap. Last time we played board game, it was seven bucks on Steam. If I find a cheap game for all of us to play, I'll do it again. I try to give it under 10 bucks because I know the economy sucks. And if you're Australian, 10 bucks is your life savings. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we kind of keep it fun over there. We have lots of extra videos over there. We have lots of extra posts over there. Please go over there. It's just a dollar a week. Uh, so it's like four twenty-five a month, you know. So yeah, that's it. That's the kit. Bye. All right, all right, all right. Conversations. All right, everyone. Bye-bye. Have a nice night. Bye-bye. Bye.